this is Carlos Pasquale, and welcome to this edition of Sierra Week Conversations, an exclusive series with transformational leaders at this moment of change in time. And today we have an opportunity to have a conversation with Musaba Kabi, the CEO of UAE Investments Platform at Mubadala Investment Company. And indeed, we celebrate in this discussion a, a, a tribute to UAE after 50 years of its independence. And, and Musaba, thank you very much for joining us and for having this conversation today. Thank you, Carlos. Can you thank you for hosting me again in Sierra Week conversation? Looking forward for this. The last time, if you recall, many things have changed. We talked about the energy landscape and the COVID impact. Uh, many things have changed, of course, in the course of last year, and including my role. As you mentioned, I am managing now the UAE uh, platform, a diversified portfolio of investment in the UAE with the mandate to uh, also attract investments and uh, diversify or accelerate the diversification of the UAE uh, economy. And indeed, Musaba, one of the things that we really wanted to delve into this the story of diversification and development in the UAE. And I just want to underscore as we start the importance of this moment after 50 years, taking an area that was known for agriculture and trading and um, uh, its, its role as a, a, in fishing in the, in the region to become a, a modern city that is at the center of energy, finance, and indeed politics and playing an outsized role in, on a global level that people may not, never have anticipated 50 years ago. And so Musaba, we wanna say congratulations, we wanna pay tribute and we want to learn. And if I, I can start with this issue of the process of development and diversification and the roots that it had in hydrocarbons. Can you help us understand how fundamental that has been in and the role of change in the UAE. Thank you, Carlos, for, I think, uh, as you mentioned, the, the, the UAE is celebrating the 50th uh, uh, Jubilee. And, uh, you know, we're, uh, we, we, come up, we come through the last 50 years with a very, I would say, remarkable journey. Uh, remarkable journey in terms of uh, building a very strong economy, uh, positioning UAE and Abu Dhabi as one of the credible supplier of energy globally. Uh, so let me take you a uh, hundred years back, uh, Carlos. The, the region was heavily depending on uh, simple industries, including pearl fishing. So that industry was the key uh, pillar of economic industry in the region. Of course, you know, the story back in the late 50s, early uh, 60s, the UAE became an exporter of uh, oil and uh, we started a, a very, I would say, remarkable journey uh, uh, building the, uh, the, the economy. Uh, what characterized the UAE, I would say, is the forward-looking, uh, progressive nature of the, of, the, of the leadership and the vision that was embraced early, in the early days of the forming of the UAE. So I'll give you a few uh, remarkable, I would say, milestones in the history, and let me focus on the energy. Uh, we started exploring, ex exporting the oil back in the early 60s. Then the UAE took 10 years later, almost 10 years later, a very bold step in becoming one of the first country in the region uh, to embrace LNG technology. So we started exporting LNG back in the uh, 1977. 
of course, that journey uh, continued with uh, Abu Dhabi uh, embracing the renewable energy. You know the story of Mustar, how Mubadala incubated and uh, built that uh, renewable energy. Initially, many people were skeptical of, of a country with a wealth in oil and gas to embrace and promote the renewable energy. But that vision proved to be the right one. And we're enjoying, I think, the, a very, uh, uh, very good return on that uh, vision and investment. Uh, 2010, the UAE also embraced a new uh, uh, vision in uh, uh, the nuclear uh, power or you know, building a nuclear uh, power or nuclear industry. Uh, and that also uh, fulfilling the vision of the country to decarbonize and, uh, you know, be part of a sustainable energy supplier uh, locally and uh, globally. Uh, lately, as you mentioned, the country uh, put a, um, a strong emphasis on uh, future uh, technologies, a future uh, vision for the country, for the region, and of course, globally, with a very aggressive, bold step on the space program. We uh, managed through a very difficult year last year during COVID to send uh, a mission to Mars, and the next is Venus by the end of this uh, decade. So uh, it is not only the vision itself, but I think the ecosystem uh, around it and uh, the sector that we're building to serve the region and uh, globally. So as you mentioned, uh, Carlos, it's, it's, it's a remarkable journey. And uh, I'm confident that for the next 50 years, the UAE will continue at its, uh, at its uh, vision and its uh, leadership in many fronts, including, of course, to maintain our uh, global uh, you know, energy position as a reliable supplier, uh, be it in the conventional energy or uh, you know, renewable energy. Remarkable it is, Masaba, and you mentioned the word ecosystem. Part of that ecosystem required a change agent, a vehicle to help drive it, and that brings us back to the place where you sit now, where you play this role in UAE investments at a Mubadala investment company. So help us understand the role that this sovereign wealth fund has played, because it seems like such a critical catalyst and from here, let's seek to extract some of the lessons that might apply and might be useful to other countries, other national oil companies uh, that are moving forward, trying to move forward in their modernization. Yeah. Well, Mubadal Investment Company, of course, is, a, is, a, is an investment powerhouse uh, owned by the government of Abu Dhabi. <clears throat> but our journey in the last 20 years uh, go from a development, uh, I would say philosophy or strategy into more investment and I would say very sophisticated uh, investment uh, vehicle uh, uh, nowadays. So uh, with the, with the uh, year 2020, of course, uh, during COVID, we managed to uh, you know, uh, navigate with a very positive note. So we embraced a new, a new strategy. We deployed uh, investment in key uh, sectors uh, that uh, enjoying tailwinds uh, primarily in the technology side. And let me flag to you one, uh, uh, I would say, remarkable success we had just last week or in the last uh, 10 days, where we uh, listed a technology company, Global Foundries, in the, uh, in the US, New York. And uh, that technology is one of the leading semiconductor manufacturers globally with the, uh, you know, with the uh, 
so it it came with a strong conviction uh, by the um, Mubadala uh, more than 10 years back that the technology space is very, very interesting. And as an institution, we decided to play strong uh, in that space. So uh, yeah, the, the, the organization was established with a, a, the mandate to diversify, part of it to diversify the, the economy and to build and grow natu uh, national champions here in the, in the UAE, but also to play a global role and uh, playing global role in, the, in certain sectors, including, as I mentioned, technology, life sciences. Today, we enjoy a very strong partnership with like-minded uh, institutions globally. We're very proud of our uh, extensive exposure, be it in the West or East. And, uh, you know, I think the journey going forward is even going to be more interesting because part of it is to play a role in, you know, global, uh, uh, you know, investment landscape, but to build uh, uh, relationships so that we can leverage and capitalize on building something new here in the, in the, in the country. I think what we're gonna see going forward is gonna be heavily focused on disruption, be it on the AI, data analytics, automation. So these trends, I mean, Mubadala, uh, historically and recently we made a strong, I would say, uh, investment. And of course, we're gonna uh, see a more and more focus on these sectors going forward. Um, Musab, if I can take you, um, before we explore too much on the AI side, into a recent investment that Mubadala and Bade made, you were personally involved with it. It definitely fits into the role of global examples and global changing events um, and relationships. And that's an investment that you made in the Tamar field, gas field in Israel. What was the strategic rationale for that? Yeah, the, let me clarify. I think the investment was made by Mubadala. Uh, upstream or Mubadala Petroleum, uh, you know, I chair that company. And uh, we look at it, uh, Carlos, from two lenses. One of them is, does it meet our investment uh, thresholds, our investment criteria? And uh, the answer was yes, of course. Then we looked at it from a second lens. Is that an ESG-friendly uh, uh, investment? And uh, the answer is yes, because it helps decarbonize the power sector and industrial activities uh, in the East Mediterranean, not only Israel, but uh, Jordan and, uh, and uh, Egypt. So, uh, you know, with these in mind, and of course, because of the normalization uh, of relationship between the UAE and Israel, it checked many boxes, it is attractive, uh, and we uh, think it's the right fit for, uh, for uh, Mubadala Petroleum. And Mubadala Petroleum for the last, I would say, almost seven, eight years, we primarily focused on natural gas. We believe that natural gas is playing a pivotal role in the energy uh, transition. So that's on the commercial side. Of course, it is uh, the reason that we see this type of opportunities on our plate, of course, is because of a, a changing landscape in the region. And that uh, political landscape, we believe uh, that hopefully in the future, we'll see more uh, focus on uh, you know, economic collaboration and uh, building uh, uh, a new dynamics in the, in the Middle East that uh, promote economic diversification and promote, uh, you know, uh, I would say more uh, peace that uh, will hopefully the whole region will, will, will enjoy. So yes, Carlos, I think it's a new dynamics. It's uh, investment primarily 
and it's uh, uh, it's uh, consistent with Mubadala Petroleum strategy. And, uh, you know, it's, it's building the story of Mubadala Petroleum in East Mediterranean. So let's pick up on one other thread that you mentioned is the importance of ESG and the impact that it has on your perspective. Um, clearly, uh, ESG perspectives have had a phenomenal impact on financial institutions. In Glasgow during COP26, we've seen a commitment from financial institutions managing $130 trillion worth of assets that have committed to saying that they will achieve net zero portfolios by 2050. And in many cases, Musaba, um, people have thought that a sovereign wealth fund doesn't have to pay attention to those issues, yet you said it's a, it's a serious consideration for it. How does it play an impact? What kind of impact does it have on your investment choices? Yeah, I think if we had this conversation 10 years back, Carlos, maybe it would have not been at the top of the priorities. But nowadays, I mean, you cannot invest anywhere without uh, taking the lens of uh, ESG. And as you mentioned, COP26 just uh, you know, finished in Scotland with an emphasis on, on this topic. But let me take you, uh, let me look at it from a macro, at least in the, in the country here. The UAE took a very, very important step recently we announced that we are targeting carbon neutrality by 2050. Of course, that is going to cascade down to many, uh, many activities in the, in the country. But uh, it's a demonstration that the leadership look at the CSG climate change, of course, with a, a very uh, uh, a strong uh, commitment. And uh, we're part of that ecosystem. Uh, so as an institution, uh, you know, we, 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 we we have established a dedicated team uh, that will look at the ESG from all angles, of course, and this is going to be a lens that uh, going to be implemented on the activities going forward. But historically, it is the right thing to do, and in the future and now, it's of course a very, uh, very right thing to do. So, as Mubadal, as an institution on the environmental side, through our you know, uh, companies through our investments, we've been very active. So I gave you the example of the muster that was incubated back or established back in 2006. Recently also, we took very strong initiatives uh, when it comes to the traditional businesses we're, we're, uh, we're managing. So for example, Emirates Global Aluminum. Uh, this year, we announced the first ever solar aluminum production globally. And uh, that's a trend starting now, but it will continue definitely going forward. So that's cl a clear demonstration of how uh, Mubadala is uh, very committed to the, uh, to the E, part of the ESG. On the social side, I can give you the, uh, you know, a very simple demonstration, which is during the year of uh, 2020 and now COVID, we played very constructive role in supporting communities, supporting uh, people around our uh, you know, uh, our, uh, uh, our investments or where we operate globally and locally to ensure that we minimize the impact of COVID-19, be it on the vaccination program, be it on the, on the uh, other fronts and uh, support to the local and, uh, you know, to the local communities where we operate. Of course, the um, government part, we take it extremely seriously. We, it, is, it was part of our DNA uh, historically and will continue to be because we want to make sure that we stick with the highest standard of uh, uh, ASG. 
Uh, yeah, the world is changing, and it's it's going to be a, a, I would say a major uh, decision point when we go to new investments, when we uh, you know when we uh, deploy our capital globally. So uh, and ultimately, it's the right thing to do. I mean, uh, we, we we I don't think we have uh, any disagreement here. So yes, it's uh, it's uh, it's cascaded by I mean from the top with the uh, the strong commitment of the UAE cascaded to other entities, including Mubadala, and we're going to be part of that ecosystem in the UAE that push the agenda of decarbonization and uh, with a strong adherence to the highest ESG standards. Let me pick up on the environmental and the social parts of ESG and bring us back to an issue related to um, global poverty, energy access, and some of the critical issues that are really on the international stage right now. We see in COP26, for example, that one of the critical points of tension has been between developing countries and developed countries. The, the impetus on the part of developing countries to provide energy access to almost 800 million people that don't have it and yet also seeking the resources that are necessary for mitigation and adaptation during climate change. Um, what kind of role can Mubadala play in this kind of global transformation that's necessary to be able to keep us tr on track, not just environmentally, but addressing these fundamental issues of global politics and global development? Is there a role for a sovereign wealth fund like Mubadala? Yeah, let me uh, call a double click on the uh, let's let's take for the timing energy so uh, energy uh, as you mentioned there uh, different maturity of course uh, and on the energy mix between an oecd country or developing uh, country so as an institution of course we uh, uh, you know we have a, a deep confection that uh, you know we're gonna deploy and invest responsibly. The, uh, this responsibility comes uh, in the form of, um, you know, uh, providing, I would say, um, a cost-effective energy to many uh, people around the world. And I will give you a few examples, Carlos. Uh, Master, our renewable energy company, uh, run many programs, be it in the Caribbean islands, be it on the Asian Pacific islands, be it here in the Middle East or in Africa, where we work with the uh, Abu Dhabi Fin Fund for Development. And uh, we deploy, uh, I would say fit for purpose, uh, solar projects uh, in many of these parts of the world. That gives a, 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 an access to energy. Uh, you, Carlos, and me take energy access for granted, but many communities around the world uh, are, I would say, very poor when it comes to uh, access to, 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 to energy. So we're playing a very, I would say, constructive role in that. We also run a, a, a Zaid Prize for you know, Renewable Energy, and that's, uh, uh, you've been to Abu Dhabi Sustainability Week, you see how uh, symbolic sometimes and uh, important uh, uh, initiative like that could transform the lives of uh, people in many villages or small towns around the world. So the, the, the UAE and Mubadala in particular will continue that commitment and that journey. Now it comes to, of course, the uh, wealth gap globally. And uh, 
that's an, uh, a collective responsibility that many people around the world need to address it. But we, as an institution, we continue investing responsibly. We continue to invest and have a positive impact on, uh, on uh, many, I would say, co I would say communities uh, around the world. One of them, I can give you another example, is ES, uh, EGA, Emirates Global Aluminum. We're running a big uh, uh, activity in West Africa. And uh, through that activities, of course, we have uh, created an ecosystem that improved the, uh, the lives of uh, thousands of people in that part uh, of the world. And uh, I hope that to see more and more of these uh, uh, initiatives, not only by Mubadala, but I hope by others and responsible investors globally. I think it's really going to be a critical issue moving forward. And in many ways, the financial world has become a key actor in driving forward activity in an area where there has been there have been so many political divisions, difficult to get political consensus. I want to come back to what you mentioned earlier on the importance and the focus of technology on AI, the implications that it can have for investments by UAE and internally within UAE. So you semiconductors and in many ways you've been prescient in the investments that you've made there. Where, where are your investment activities taking you as you look at that trace of AI and technology going forward into the future? Are there particular sectors that you're highlight, highlighting as key areas of development? Yeah, well, the world definitely is changing. Uh, I think we see uh, the disruption in all fronts. So we, uh, you know, uh, we know, for example, the energy, conventional energy is being disrupted with the renewable energy decarbonization, uh, life sciences as well. We see, for example, the introduction of a totally new novel technique in uh, addressing the global pandemic like mRNA. mRNA technology is, uh, you know, was, I would say, never heard of maybe 10 years back or a few years back, but now it's a core focus for uh, that sector going uh, forward. Uh, as you mentioned, AI, uh, robotics, uh, automation. So uh, in the uh, going forward, we, uh, you know, as you've seen, we've invested a lot in a few sectors. So let me take uh, two or three of them. Uh, life sciences. So the life sciences, we think this is a space that will enjoy a strong tailwind. Uh, it is touching everyone's life, including your life and my life with this, uh, you know, pandemic and the fact that we are getting a, uh, I would say, um, a uh, vaccines and potentially boosters in the, in the, in the future. So that's very related to our, uh, you know, our, our lives. And uh, that sector would be, uh, would, would uh, remain relevant for the uh, many years to come. So that sector is definitely an, of an interest to us. The other sector that uh, is, uh, uh, is uh, gaining momentum globally, and uh, in particular, this part of the world is the energy transition. What does it mean to decarbonize our energy system and what uh, renewable energy, what role renewable energy will play and uh, hydrogen. Hydrogen is uh, emerging and, uh, you know, we can maintain our, you know, our view that all sorts, of, all sorts of energy will be required, but more focus on the renewable and emerging technologies like uh, hydrogen. So that's another sector that we're monitoring very uh, closely. 
the third one, of course, is technology and AI. Uh, and it's unbelievable how technology is reshaping many activities around us, including the fintech, including uh, you know retail, including uh, many other sectors that I can think of will be disrupted by uh, by uh, technology. So I would say these three sectors are uh, are being prioritized at least in the current you know uh, vision or in current strategy where we're executing uh, in regionally or locally here. And uh, you know I'm confident with our uh, partnership and global outreach, we will be able to build a sustainable ecosystem uh, for uh, these new emerging trends. You mentioned hydrogen, and Abu Dhabi has created a hydrogen alliance. Could you could you go into it a little bit more deeply and help help us understand the focus of it and the impact that it would have? Yeah. So let's start with the uh, you know all these commitments globally to decarbonize, all these commitments to go to net zero by 2050 or earlier or later. I think these are very very important initiatives. I have no doubt that in order to achieve that aspirational target, you need to include hydrogen. Hydrogen currently is playing, I would say, a very modest, if almost negligible uh, uh, part in the global energy mix. But with time, we believe that because of drop in the renewable energy cost, a drop in the electrolyzers, uh, and drop in the uh, you know associated I would say infrastructure that you need to build in order to push blue or green hydrogen. I have no doubt that hydrogen will play a, a role in uh, you know uh, achieving these aspirational uh, targets. We in Abu Dhabi believe that we do have the requirements to become and to maintain Abu Dhabi leading energy position uh, as a reliable energy supplier. We do have one of the lowest cost of uh, solar we do have a very strong energy mix, including nuclear, uh, natural gas, and uh, solar, of course. So this creates an interesting dynamic where you can uh, you know, promote and be uh, at the forefront of exporting hydrogen or hydrogen products uh, globally. Uh, you know, other entities in Abu Dhabi are also pursuing similar um, you know, initiatives. And I have no doubt that Abu Dhabi will merge as a reliable exporter of a clean uh, uh, energy. Uh, of course, hydrogen could be at the heart of that uh, vision. Do you think it's possible to assign a time frame of when it become when it enters into the competitive uh, mix, or still too soon to tell? I think. With the blue hydrogen, we're already uh, announced as Abu Dhabi uh, that we're exporting few, uh, you know, cargos and uh, Adnok took the lead on the on the blue hydrogen. I have no doubt that it's only a matter of time. Once we put the numbers uh, or the numbers aligned together, it's a matter of few years. We will see Abu Dhabi also exporting green hydrogen products from this part of the world uh, and helping decarbonizing. Uh, global economy and uh, you know uh, achieving uh, hopefully these aspirational targets. Musaba, before I let you go, two more things I want to ask you about youth and the other on vision. On the question of youth, I, I just want to raise it because I know you believe in it so strongly of educating young people and giving them an opportunity to have a vision for a world that they could be part of and how they could change it. 
And could you talk a little bit about the, the UAE um, strategy and vision of trying to give young people a broader and wider perspective of the role that they can play in a world that is so big and is changing so quickly? Uh, Carlos, I think this is a very, very interesting uh, question. Uh, let me take you back to the uh, first years of or the UAE establishment back in the 70s. Uh, the leadership at that time focused on two sectors, healthcare and education. And I was one of the blessed ones uh, to be given a scholarship to study abroad and to get uh, uh, a degree in a very advanced engineering. So uh, the, the country invested a lot in the education. So nowadays, uh, if you look at the education system in the UAE with the likes of a very high profile, I would say institutions, academic institutions, uh, the likes of New York University campus here in Abu Dhabi, Khalifa University uh, in, uh, in Abu Dhabi, that's ranked one of the top Asian uh, universities, uh, Sorbonne University campus here in Abu Dhabi as well. So there is a heavy focus on, uh, on, uh, on the education. And, but edu education by itself, I don't think that's enough. You need also to promote certain values. So if you look at the UAE, we have been consistent in promoting economic diversification, women empowerment. It's very important that many of our colleagues globally maybe don't uh, uh, fully comprehend this, the, the commitment of uh, this country with the women empowerment. Uh, so, uh, you know, almost 40% of our cabinet or more than 40% are uh, women. Uh, we are planning to send an astronaut, a female astronaut, hopefully in the near future to the International Space uh, Station. And uh, so there is in, 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 uh, an ecosystem uh, that is also uh, being orchestrated to push for uh, I would say, uh, uh, knowledge-based economy. Last but not least, we also, uh, uh, because we live in this region, in this part of the, re of, the, of the world, we have also promoted the value of tolerance. We have, in fact, uh, included in the government or in the cabinet, a dedicated minister to, you know, push the tolerance uh, uh, forward. Uh, so it's, it's a collective effort uh, with a vision to build a system that is, uh, can support a knowledge-based, uh, uh, I would say, economy. Last but not least, I can share stories with my, 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 my son. Why I, this year, I decided to, every morning, I take him to, to school. And it's very interesting to see a 10-year-old uh, boy, I would say, here in Abu Dhabi talking about climate change, talking about decarbonization, talking about similar interesting, I would say, topics that many young people around the world are discussing uh, now. So it comes, of course, with the, with, the, with, the, with the education system. They talk about these topics. And you know, going forward, I think they will be more and more applicable. Uh, yeah, so basically invest in uh, healthcare, education, and uh, you know, the sky's the limit. Musaba, I can't think of a better way to close this conversation. I was going to ask you about youth and vision. You addressed all of it together in a very powerful way. And overall, you've painted for us a picture of 
a vision, strategy, commitment, acting in a way which is commercially sound and internationally responsible, yet at the same time focusing on your people and what you close with, Masaba, is so powerful that part of that focusing on your people is creating the vision for young people and empowering the young, those young people to create a better world for themselves. Phenomenal story that you paint for UAE, the role that you've played in Rubadala, Musaba Al-Kabi. Thank you so much for joining us in the conversation. Thank you, Carlos. Thank you.